In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Well, good morning. To God be all the glory. To God be all the praise. I mean, we should be a little bit more excited than that because this is Thanksgiving weekend here in the fabulous nation of Canada. If you're in Canada, we want to wish you on behalf of Ignite and just join myself. We want to wish you a happy, happy Thanksgiving. Man, there's so much to there's so much to be thankful for. You know, we was going through the praise and worship, and it was interesting because yesterday when the father was sharing with me what he wanted, he just like, you know, he started, he started hearing the song. I didn't even, he didn't even say the name of the song. I just heard the lyrics. I remember the, uh, the lyrics of God of Wonders and uh, how the universe declares your glory. And people will say, you know what, there's no God. And he says, the universe, the, the nature will declare your glory. It says that in the, in the book of uh, Romans chapter 1, it talks about how the universe, people say, well, you know, there is no God, there is no God. He says, but the universe will declare your glory. There's no way that you will be able to deny it. And he says, and he, he says precious Lord, reveal your heart to me. And then he says, and, and, the, and he goes on, he says, now I want you to, play revelation songs because it's worthy is the lamb that was slain and, and it begins to lay out the picture this is my heart the worthy is the lamb that was slain that you might have a right to be in right relationship with me and then what's your response to all that holy 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 the lord god almighty which was which is and which is to come and then he, he said and then as a result result of everything that they've heard of everything that they've seen through this revelation he says they will say great are you lord great are you lord i want to take you on a field trip with me real quick this morning glory to god as y'all know that we do uh the 12 midnight on weekends we do we only have the 12 uh, midnight prayer session and last night i was leading a prayer session last night and at the very beginning, Talon, if you'd have been there, brother, woo! At the very beginning, we st when we started praying and when we start praising God, physically, I was on the earth, but in the spirit, I could see us standing before the throne of God. And God is sitting on the throne and he is attentively listening to the praise and worship that was going on. He was attentively listening to our prayers i'm like whoa so i i closed my eyes sam i closed my eyes and guess what it was still right there it was right there he says what people don't realize is when you come to me and pray he says come boldly to the throne of grace when you come to me in prayer coming boldly to the throne of grace he says what they don't realize that physically they are on earth but in the spirit they're standing right in front of me. And I'm listening to them. And he has, and you have his undivided attention. He's not texting. He's not responding to an email. He's not watching his favorite football game. Amen. He's not doing any of that. He is just sitting there on the throne with this huge smile on his face, listening. Can I tell you that, so I, I, I'm experiencing that. So remember, I'm leading it. So I'm leading the prayer, and then all of a sudden, he says, say to them what I just said to you. And what I said to them, what he said to me, man, you talk about a, oh, I mean, it just, whoo. 
Because of me? Absolutely not. Because people realize that when they're praying and when you're worshiping, you're coming into the very presence of God. See, when, ooh, that's good. He said that should change how you enter into praise and worship, whether you're at home, whether you're on your job, whether you're in the bathroom singing your solo in the shower, whatever you're doing. Even when you come into the house of the Lord, it should come in such a reverence, Lord, because I'm not just stepping into a building. I'm stepping into your presence. And I know that even though I can't physically see you with my eyes, I can see you in my spiritual eyes and you're right there. I mean, he was so close. Reed, if I'd have reached out and touched him, he was that close. And he just sat there with this look on his face. See, people think God is mad, and God not mad at you. God is sitting there. He, he longs to fellowship with you. He longs to commune with you. So when you come to his presence, I mean, it's 12 a.m. Glory to God. But, Father, we're coming in, and we begin to, per man, and then we, Oh, that's good. And when we realized that we weren't just standing there by ourselves, that the Father was standing there in front of us, sitting there in front of us, it changed how our attitude, how we prayed. See, if you think God is a sweet by and by, way over there, yonder place, then you're going you're gonna to pray like he's way out there. But he says, no, 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 no. I'm right here. I'm right here. It's just like, when Minister Jew and I sometimes, you know, we've been up all day and it's time to go to bed. And Minister Jewel wants to get in this deep philosophical, theological discussion. I'm like, I came to bed early on time. It doesn't do me no good if I'm gonna go to I'm going to come to bed. I'm still going to be up another hour so talking to you. Well, what do you think about that? Did you just think about this question when we got here? But she's right there. And you want to know who, you want to know who, who, taught, who really demonstrated, God demonstrated this? Uh, Sister Joanne showed it with me, and I'm going to share it with you. Maximus, our dog. That's, that's the probably the most saved dog I have ever seen. Because when it comes to food or whatever, or if you tell him to go sit on his mat, he sits down and he is locked in on you. Wherever you go, he goes. He sits there with anticipation, expecting to receive something. And God says, that's the way you should be when it comes to my word and prayer. You should be sitting in expectation, expecting, blocking. I mean, TV can be going on around him. All kind of stuff could be. And my man is just like, he don't move. If you move, he just follows you. He just shifts his body. Whatever direction you go, he just shifts his body. But he never takes his eye off of you. And God says, if a dog can do that, how much more? Because he's expected to receive something. In the name of Jesus. So, back, back here on the physical plan i just wanted to he said just take you on that field trip but wives when you no deep theological philosophical questions <laughs> what do you think about what paul said i'm not thinking about what paul said i'm thinking about what the inside of my eyeballs is going to look like here in a few minutes glory to god so as a result of that 
that revelation. Not that I'd never seen that before, but I had never seen it quite like that. At the time when I'm going, I mean, I could be praising and worshiping, I could see him sitting right there, but never like that. It was, it, whether my eyes was open or closed, he was still right there. He says, so when you go into prayer next time, don't be coming in there, oh, Lord. It's your humble servant. I'm just no good, Lord. I'm just a dull, low, down, dirty rock. Cut all that mess out. That's not even, that's not even scriptural. You are a child of the Most High God. Jesus shed his blood for you and for me. That we might have life in abundance to the full till it overflows. Man, I'm telling you, I don't know which one of y'all was praying early this morning. But glory to God. Y'all asked for it. So read them. Buckle up, buttercup. I know. You thought I forgot. I ain't forgot. I ain't forgot yet. I ain't forgot. So. Father, we thank you for the nation of Canada. Canada is a lighthouse for the gospel. Not going to be, not can be, not used to be, but we speak only in line with what it is you've already said. Canada is a lighthouse for the gospel. She will be a, she is a beacon of light. She's a beacon of hope. She's a beacon of prosperity. She's a beacon, Father God, of your love. Father, we declare restoration. We declare revival. First in the church, then throughout the entire nation of Canada. We believe it to be so now in Jesus' name. We take authority over every satanic and demonic force. We take authority over the spirit of fear over the spirit of intimidation, over the spirit of division, schisms, and stripes. We take authority over those spirits now in the name of Jesus. We stand on guard on the walls here in the nation of Canada. We are watchmen on the walls and we will sound the alarm and we will blow the trumpet, Father God. But Father, we will also stand on guard in, on our positions and on our knees, Father God, for the nation of Canada, praying your will being done in Canada, in earth, just like it is in heaven. We won't be moved. We won't be pulled from side to side, but we will stand boldly, Father God, for this land in the name of Jesus. We won't be moved to the left nor to the right. For we are your watchmen. We are your workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works father which you have before ordained that we shall walk in them father I declare in the name of Jesus that every citizen every resident every every person member of Can in the nation of Canada whether here father God 
legally, illegally, whether they're here, Father God, as citizens, residents, whatever their status is as visitors, we declare in the name of Jesus they have received the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the very knowledge of you. The very eyes of their understanding is being enlightened that they may come to know what is the true hope of your calling for their life now. In the name of Jesus, we're dispatching laborers across. We're asking that laborers be dispatched across their path right now to minister salvation, to minister healing, to minister deliverance to them now in the name of Jesus. We declare, Father God, right now in the body of Christ that you have granted unto them according to your riches and glory to be strengthened with might by the Holy Spirit in their inner man that Christ may dwell in their hearts by faith that they be rooted and grounded in your love. They're rooted and grounded in your love, that they may know what is the hope, that they may know what is the width, the width, the breadth, and height. Father God, glory be to God, that they may be grounded in your love. Father, because you are love, that they may know, that they may know your love, which passes all understanding. Your love, which surpasses all understanding. And now unto them, now unto him that is able to do, he will do exceedingly, he will do abundantly above anything that you ask or think according to the power of his love that works on the inside of you. It's his love working on the inside of you that causes him to do exceedingly abundantly above anything, 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 anything. You could, He says anything you could ever ask or think. Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus that you have revealed unto us, Father God, your will, your plans, your purposes for the nation of Canada, for the province of Ontario, for the city of Greeley, Osgood, Father God, Metcalf, Manatic, Father God, Gurradada, Barhaven, Gloucester, and Ottawa. We declare and decree, we receive the revelation of your will concerning these places now in the name of Jesus. Father, you have delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and you have translated us into the kingdom of your dear son and into the kingdom of God. We have received redemption from our sin and the forgiveness of our sin. Now, Father, we extend to others what you have extended to us. We extend your love. We extend your love. We declare it to be so now. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the church say amen. amen. Praise God. Pray for women. Uh, Lord God, I thank you for your unfailing love, for your wonderful deeds for mankind. You satisfy the thirsty and you fill the hungry with good things. You are my strength and my shield, and my heart trusts in you. You are the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. You do not faint or grow weary. 
Your understanding is unsearchable. You give power to the faint and to him who has no might. You increase strength. Thank you that they that who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength and mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, walk and not faint. Because of your great love, we are not consumed. Your compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Father, forgive me when I have missed the mark, where I have not loved the way you love, and that I have been more part of the problem than the solution. I have turned a blind eye and was more comfortable to stay within the four walls of the church. Please forgive me. Father God, I lift up the women of Greeley, Osgood, Russell, Manatic, Metcalf, and Barhaven, all these dear women, your daughters, Lord, who have been robbed by the enemy through shame, rejection, perfectionism, addiction, domestic abuse, racism, gender confusion, teen pregnancy, sexual abuse, betrayal, ritual abuse, divorce, loneliness, widowhood, the childless, the mothers of prodigals, and the single parent. Lord, you know each of your daughters by name. You care deeply for each one. Oh, Lord God, you are among them. You are mighty to save, and you will rejoice over your daughters with gladness. You will quiet them with your love, and you rejoice over them with singing. You will cause the barren one to, seek, to break forth into singing and cry aloud for the children of the desolate will be for the children of the desolate will be more than the children of her who was married lord you will enlarge the place of their tents cause them to stretch out and to lengthen their cords and to strengthen their stakes you will spread them abroad to the right and to the left their offspring both spiritual and natural will possess the nations and the desolate cities they will fear not and not be ashamed or disgraced lord your daughters will forget the shame of their youth and the reproach of their widowhood will be rem remembered no more. Their maker is their husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. The Holy One of Israel is their redeemer. Lord, you are calling your daughters like a wife deserted and grieved in spirit. For a brief moment, they have been deserted, but with great compassion, you will gather them. For you, Lord, are their redeemer. Though the mountains may depart and the hills be removed, yet your steadfast love shall not depart from them. Your covenant of peace will not be removed. Lord God, comfort those who are storm-tossed and not comforted. Rebuild your daughters with stones of turquoise. Lay their foundations with sapphires. Construct their towers with rubies, their gates with jewels, and walls with precious stones. Lord God, be the teacher and mentor of their children. Rebuild your daughters in righteousness, and may they be far from any trouble with nothing to fear. You create the blacksmith who blows the fire of the coals and produces a weapon for its purpose. I declare that no weapon that is formed against your daughters shall prosper, and every tongue that rises in judgment against them shall be put to shame. I declare there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, 
and what the enemy meant for evil against your precious daughters will be used for good in the kingdom. I declare that the women of this territory who revere and worshipfully fear the name of the Lord, the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go forth and skip like calves released from the stall and leap for joy. Deborah's arise, Esther's do not be silent at this time, but know that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. The unnamed women at the well evangelize because you have met the Messiah, the one who knows everything about you. O oh, daughters of Canada, arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. This I declare in the matchless name of Jesus, whom God has highly exalted and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Amen. Well, glory to God in the highest in Jesus' name. Sounds like a call to action. Y'all missed, missed a good place to say amen right there. Let me try that again. Amen. Sounds like a call to action. Amen. See, this is the thing. God is already blowing the trumpet. He's already sounding the alarm. And I, I know men will say a woman should never, never preach the gospel. I'm like, you need to go back and read your Bible then, player, because you missed a spot. Because if you read from Genesis to Revelation, he used women. Just pause. I'm just going to pause. I'm going to try to just chew on that for a second. He used women. The Apostle Paul used women. Jesus used women. Who do you think was the first evangelist about his resurrection? It was a woman. Go tell my disciples, I have risen. You want to know why? Y'all might miss this when y'all read it. He came to two guys first, but they wouldn't believe it. So he said to woman, what's the unique thing about a woman? A woman is like soul. Whatever you sow into her, you will reap that harvest. If you sow into her love, you'll get more love. You sow into her a dollar, she will triple that dollar. I don't know how she do it, but she will triple that dollar. But I will tell you something else. If you sow into that woman frustration, So, if I see Minister Juin, you know, having a special moment, I don't say, I used to say, Lord, you better get your girl. But now I, I, but I say, Lord, where do I need to adjust? Because there's something I'm sowing to make her to respond. 
Just make a decision. I'm going to love the boo. Yeah. I'm going to love the boo off you. The show the boo off of you. Doug, I'm going to tell you something, man. Mm. That, lift your hands up and, and Lord, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Even in the midst of the storm. Father, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I know you love me. I know you love me. Because I know you love me, I can do all things. Because I know you love me, I'm equipped for this. Because I know you love me, Father God, you have equipped me to love her no matter what. Not my type of love. Because man kind of love the love that they keep talking. See, one of the doctrines of the devil that he's, per he's pumping out there is love don't judge. Love don't judge. I mean, like, I don't mean to bust your bubble, but God is love. And there will be a day that judgment will come not based off of what it is he did, but based off of what it is you did with what it is he said. See, if love don't judge, I mean, there's shows out there now. I can't even look it on Facebook no more. It's <laughs> crazy. They pumping everything now. Man's married, he got a, he, his, him and his, he got his, his wife and he got a girlfriend. She, they got an open marriage. They got all kind of crazy stuff on, on the book. And, and that with the, it flies under this umbrella, love don't judge. Other thing it says is love is love. That is such a lie that is not true. Because there's different types of love. And if I loved her, with the definition of love that the world gives, my love for her would be conditional. If you do this, then I'll do that. If you <laughs> let me do this, then I'll, if, if, but God's love is unconditional. And he's calling us to love one another and those in the world. Unconditional. Unconditional love. There's no, there's nothing you can do to make me not love you. I don't have to like a darn thing you said. I don't have to agree with anything you do. But it has nothing to do with whether I love you or not. So, read, Sister Rita, that was on point. So, you got to love because everything with God starts and ends with love. Everything. He loved you when you weren't doing what he said, he still loves you today. Even, even now, he doesn't love you more because you're doing what he, he says because his love is unconditional. His love for you never changes. Do you know God loves the sinner just as much as he loves a follower of Jesus? Just as much. Because at one point in time, you was them. I was them. And quiet as it's kept, if we don't watch ourselves, we can still do some of the things that they do. Just don't nobody see it. How many people would, would show up if God just put a big old display sign on your head and show every thought you thought? I thank God he don't do that for me. Because, whoo-hoo, your boy might be in a 
four by four with three hots in a cot. All the people who don't accidentally on purpose got ran over. <laughs> Praise God. Because people will take you there. But God, let's jump right into the work because we have, we have a lot to cover. He's worthy. God is worthy. He's worthy of our trust. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our honor. Thanksgiving. I mean, you know, you should see the looks on people's face. When I say to them, I'm walking, I'm walking through the neighborhood with a dog. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, thank you. Look at me like, you ain't from here. We don't do that up here. Like, man, you got a lot to be thankful for. I get out the shower thanking God for clean water. For clean clothes to put on, for deodorant. And I, I, I'm just thankful, living with an attitude of gratitude. Because when you travel three-fourths of the way around the world and you see poverty to a level you have never seen, you realize you got a lot to be thankful for. Heck, you ain't even got to go that far. You can go to another part of the neighborhood, another part of the community where you live and find people who are worse off than you. So, Father, we make this declaration that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek and sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, to open up the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn. Glory to God. To comfort all who mourn. To give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might become, be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste, and they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities. Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and thank you for this opportunity in your word. Father, we thank you that our preaching and teaching will not be with the ties and words of man's wisdom. But, Father, let it be a demonstration of spirit and power. Holy Spirit, you're already here. Continue to move up and down each and every aisle. Touch each and every person, church, each and every household, and even those who aren't here. I pray for those watching by way of Internet, Father God. Bless, increase them, prosper them, heal them, deliver them, restore them into right relationship with you. Father, we give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, this week, yes, sir, not yet, okay. God sent me to tell you this. In accordance to Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, it says this. My people are destroyed for their lack of knowledge. God says my people are destroyed, perishing, are being defeated because of their lack of knowledge. He goes on and says, he says, because you, talking about the priestly nation, have rejected knowledge and I will also reject you that you shall be no more priest to me seeing you have forgotten the teachings and oracles of God so it was not the fact that knowledge was not available to the people but the people starting with the priest 
rejected that knowledge. They said there's, a, there's another way. There's a better way. We know how to fix this, Lord. We know how to fix this. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We talked about this last week, talking about don't be stubborn. Don't let your heart be hardened. He says this in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 18. He says, and to whom did he swear that they should not enter his rest? But to those who disobeyed, who had not listened to his word and who refused to be compliant or persuaded. So we see that they were not able to enter into his rest because of their unwillingness to adhere to and trust in and rely on God. So with God, God always sends his word first. He gives you his word first. He gives you his word first. He gives you his word first. See, if you are not, if you don't have not received a word from God according to the word of God, you are not operating in faith. Not the Bible faith. You might be operating in human belief, and, and, but you are not operating according to Bible faith. And I'm going to show it to you today. He says, my people are being destroyed for their lack of knowledge. Not because that knowledge is not available to them, but they're rejecting it. And he told me this week, they rejected every day, even though God says, I never change. Yes, sir. He says, their hearts had become hard because they refuse, because they disobeyed God. How do they disobey God? Because they would not listen to his word and they refuse to be compliant. See, that's not only just listening to the word, you got to be a doer of the word. See, if you hear the word but don't do it, you are and you believe that you have grown, you are deceiving yourself. James chapter 1. To hear the word and not do it, you are, you are self-deceived. That's what the Bible says in James chapter 1, I believe it's verse 22. If you hear the word only and don't do it, you are being disobedient to God and you are self-deceived. This is why I said my people are, are perishing. My people are being destroyed. My people are getting beat up left, right, and center. Why? Because of their lack of knowledge. Because today, people are so, can become so intellectual, they believe just because I have it here that I have it here. And again, that's deception. And I'm going to show it to you in the Word today. All this is building up to, the, to get into the vision part of it. Because I was ready to go to the vision last week. You said, not yet. So I was like, okay, well, this week. Okay, not yet. But you're building, 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 and there's a reason. And when we get there, you're going to see why. Now, God gave the children of Israel the word first. But because they refused to obey the word, because they refused to be persuaded by that word, 
Nothing in their situation changed. I'm going to tell you the sad part about that, Sam. If you continue to read over to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Now, and I'm reading out of the Passion Translation, Now the promises of entering into God's rest is still for us today. We must be extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace the fullness of that promise and not fail to experience it, for we have heard See, it starts with the word. We have heard the good news of deliverance just like they did. Yet, they didn't join their faith with the word. They heard it, but they didn't join their faith to it. And because they did not join their faith to it, instead, what they, what they heard didn't affect them. Even though they heard it, because they didn't add faith with it, it didn't affect their life. It didn't change anything about their situation. They heard the word. They added no faith with it. So nothing changed. He says it didn't affect them deeply for they doubted. What does doubt mean? Doubt means you have two opinions. Lord, I heard what you said, but that don't make no sense. Lord, I heard what you said, but that's never going to work. Man, I heard what that pastor said, and he said, go out there and love on them people and do this. But, man, that ain't going to work. Love don't work. They need to get the word. They need somebody to beat them down. They need to go to jail. They need to go to prison. Guess what? That's not what the word said. So why would you want somebody else to be held to a level you don't even hold yourself to? For those of us who believe, now he's talking about a different group. He says, the first group, they heard it. They did not mix faith with it because they doubted it and it didn't affect them. He says, but for those of us who believe, faith activates the promise. And we experience the realm of confidence, trust, our confident rest. So what happens? You heard the word. You received the word. You believed it. You said it back to him. And then you begin to act out on it. When you hear the word of the Lord and it's your word and you receive it and you won't accept anything else other than what his word, not your word, his word, not his word, the word that God gives you. See, the thing about it is people think the only way that God will speak to them is through a, a, an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. That's not true. God's talking to you all the time. You may not be listening but he's always talking. He always talking. Because he longs to fellowship with you. Remember with Adam and Eve, he walked with them in the cool of the day. That's when they was operated, they was in the kingdom of God. When you got born again, guess what you, you stepped back into? The kingdom of God. God is always talking. You may, you may be doing so much talking that you ain't listening, but he's always talking. He says this, go, keep going on. He says, God's works have all been completed from the foundation of the world. I want you, I'm going to say that to y'all three more times. God's works have all been completed from the foundation of the world. God's works have been completed from the foundation of the world. God's works have been completed from the foundation of the world. Why do you keep saying that? Because people are expecting God to do something today that he says I did from the foundation of the world. 
The problem is, is you are trying to get God to do something that you believe needs to be done without first consulting him about what it is he wants you to be done in that situation. Your healing was already manifested from the foundation of the world. What do you have to do? Get the word, hear it, receive it, believe it. Talk like it. Act like it's already done. But if you keep saying, man, God's going to do this, and God's going to do that, and God's going to do this, and God's going to do that, then God says, then somebody's, somebody's wrong because I finished all my works from the foundation of the world. How do you know this? If you go all the way back to the book of Genesis, it says, and on the seventh day, God rested from all his works. What's left after the word all? Nothing. So from all his works, God rested. So it's already done. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's already done. It's already done. It's already done. It's not going to get done. It's already done. Ooh, he, this is, you're so good. Okay. He said, I'll give you a great example. He spoke Jesus into the earth in Genesis chapter 3. He told Mary, he told the devil, the seed of the woman. How many people know the woman don't have no seed? Even though they're trying to convince you on TV now that a man can have a baby. Impossible. I mean, you know, how can you be so smart and be so dumb at the same time? Impossible. They said a man had a baby in the States years ago. It was a woman who had not finished the process, so she still had all her organs, so she had a baby. They kept calling it a man, but I'm like, I didn't know men had these and that and that. She gave birth to a child. He spoke Jesus into the earth in the Garden of Genesis. What else did he do? Many people came after him, kept speaking, 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 speaking. He's coming, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. People had expectation. He's coming, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. <clears throat> At the appointed time. Everybody say the appointed time. At the appointed time. And God's appointed time may not be your appointed time. At the appointed time, you will see the manifestation of that which you're believing for. If you don't do what they did here in Hebrews, they doubt it. They didn't believe it. They didn't talk like it. They didn't walk like it. They didn't act like it. So, even though the works were finished from the foundation of the world, it said, because it says, for it says in the scriptures, and on the seventh day, God rested from all his works. And again, as stated before, they will not enter into my rest. Those who first heard the good news of deliverance failed to enter into the realm of faith's rest. When you're operating in faith, you can rest. 
you can rest. Because remember we said last week, when you work, God rests. But when you rest in God, then the works that he did from the foundation of the world begin to come towards you. Because of their unbelieving hearts. So their unbelief was not in their head. Their unbelief was in their heart. And he says that a lot of that is going on today. A lot of well-meaning people. I mean, you know, I, I was sharing with you and got a, a, one of my well-meaning people. I got a call yesterday. Well-meaning. I know they love me. Love me, love, demonstrated their love for me. But something that they said yesterday was kind of like, because I, you know, I can, you know, if all this stuff continues to go on the way that it's going on in here in Canada, I mean, you're, you're looking, the belief is that it's going to look like a modern day, you know, Germany when Hitler was in power. What are you going to do? What will you do if it gets to that point? Are you going to come back to the States? And don't made no plans to do so. Why? Because the best and safest place you can be is in the will of God for your life. There might be bombs going off all around you, but if you're in God's most perfect will, a thousand will fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, no harm should come near me. Why? Because I know I'm in God's most perfect will for my life. I told him, thank you. I jokingly said, well, you know, if, if the lovely and I decided to leave, we're going to be, we'll be running like Harriet Tubman with the, un, with the underground railroad with the slaves and we'll meet you at the border. You just make sure you're there when we call you. But in my heart of hearts and my Noah Noah's until the trumpet blows or until Jesus, until I'm, I take my last breath, we're going to be here unless God calls us to do something different. Going back is not even an option. It's not an option. That's why when you step out and say you're going to do something for God, you got to count the cost. And the cost means there's going to be times where it's just going to be you all by yourself, standing on that word all by yourself. But if you trust God, none of that matters. Why am I saying all this to you? Because he, sh he shouldn't... Sister Joy and I, remember I told y'all we have some deep philosophical, theological talks, right? And the Lord was, when we was talking about something, and the Lord shared this with me, and I'm going to share it with you. Why is it in this season you have so many believers who hear what the word of the Lord says, but they don't believe it? They won't receive it. They won't act on it. And they're walking out and, and they're, they're talking. They're, they say they pray faith, but they talk fear, doubt, and unbelief. I'm going to give you all this word. Y'all ready? Here we go. It's called confirmation bias. Confirmation bias. I'm going to give you a definition. Confirmation bias simply means this. The tendency to process information by looking for are interpreting information that is consistent with one's existing beliefs. What do you say? Say it again? I'll say it just for you, Tyler. Confirmation bias is this. 
is the tendency to process information by looking for or interpreting that information that is consistent with one's existing beliefs. So if it's something that you already believe or you hold heart to, regardless of what anybody else says, no matter what they say, that's, that's the only thing you're going to hear. And the danger with that is, I'm going to tell you what the danger is. This biased approach to decision making is largely, it's unintentional, and often results in ignoring inconsistent information. Because sometimes you can hear, hear words and that stuff that you're hearing is not consistent, but it has buzz, key buzzwords in those in those conversations that causes you to continue to believe the same thing. So you can't hear anything else other than that. You'll be like, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep, yep, yep. And I've seen this when I've seen it. I've seen this since I've been in Canada. I've seen this through, in, in through multiple churches and leaders I've talked to. And I've even seen it when I was at home with, with my family. Uh, people have what's, and I know I have it in my own life. You have what you have is confirmational biases. Now, this ex existing beliefs can include one's expectation in a given situation and predictions about a particular outcome. People are especially likely to possess or uh, process information to support their own beliefs. So when you have confirmation bias, you will process information to support your own beliefs. So the, when the children of Israel, when God told them that, you know, hey, I'm going to bring you into this land and I'm going to do this, that, and the other. But their existing belief was we slaves. We never had nothing. We never going to have anything. And we are beat down. And they've been telling us for years that we ain't nobody. Then when God says, I call, I'm going to do this with you, man, God missed me with all that. I need you to go out there and do this with those people who don't believe. Ah, God, so-and-so can do that. I'm going to use this to bring, bring light into a dark land. Ah, I don't believe that. I'm going to use you to go love on your neighbor who's cussed you out five times and called the police on you three times. <laughs> the devil is a lie. But when you have confirmation bias, you would turn on the news and a person on the news would say, and, and that one, and you know, that crazy woman called the police and this is, you see, that's exactly why I'm not going to do anything. And so-and-so is going to put this restriction. See, I told you that was what's going to happen. That's called bias. You are biased. And we all have been biased. All of us. That's why he's cleaning out, cleaning out the cobwebs now. Because God won't put new oil in the old wine press. He won't do it. So turn to your neighbor, say, neighbor, I love you. I'm here to help you. Get back. On point and this is this is where we're gonna this is where all I said all that to get us to this part right here you got to understand that 
if you're not operating according to the word of God. So if you tell me I'm doing X, Y, Z, blah, 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 blah. The first question I'm going to ask you is what word from the Lord did you receive that says that's what he wants you to do in that situation? Remember it says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, don't be conformed to fashion after this world's way of doing things and for a lot of good intending believers pastors and leaders they are doing just that they're fashioning and they're putting jesus name on it or are using parts of scripture to justify it but at the end of the day what did god say to you about that situation he says, don't be conformed or fashioned out of this world's way of doing things, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What are you going to renew your mind by? The word of God. When you renew your mind by the word of God, then you will find out what God's good, acceptable, and perfect will is concerning that situation. In fact, the, 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 during the conversation I had yesterday, there was, there was word that was used, but it wasn't word that supported what it is God had told us. There's nothing that's going on in, in the nation of Canada. There's nothing that we've seen going on in Canada from the day that we put boots on the ground that he did not tell me was not going to happen before I got here. When you get there, you're gonna. This is what's gonna happen, and this is what's gonna happen, and this is what's gonna happen. And I'm telling you right now, he told me before I ever said, "Okay, Lord, I'll do it." Actually, after I said I would do it, then he told me what was gonna happen. And when you go in, you're. I need you to understand. This is where they're at, but this is what I need you to do in order to get them here and everything. And I'm like, okay. I only said one thing to him, Tyler. Yes, sir, I'll do it. Have we had many opportunities to give up, cave in, and quit, pack it up, pack up the truck, and move back to Beverly? Absolutely. Why, why don't we do it? Because we trust God. If I told you all the things that God showed us what was, that he has planned in store for, it would blow your literal mind because in the natural, it don't look like it. But in the spirit, he's like... Okay, so hear the word, receive it, believe it, talk like it, act like it, don't doubt, rest in the fact that God can't lie, rest in the fact of what he told you to do according to his word. Did y'all keep hearing that part? According to his word, according to his word according to his word, not what somebody else told you. That's why I'm not even giving you my opinion. I'm just showing you what the word says. Then you got to do what you go. You got to make your own up, mind up. I know that's what the word says, but. I know that's what the Bible says, but. That was back then. They don't know my situation today. God said there's nothing new under the sun. Nothing new under the sun. 
And if you like going around a mulberry bush over and over again, keep trying to do it your way. He says, because you, you use, who that's good Lord. He says, you're using a lot of energy, but you're making very little traction. Because it's all in your, because remember, when you go to work, doing your own thing, God rests. I know you need another scripture. All right, Sam, here we go. In accordance, Jesus said to pray this prayer. He said this to me this morning, Rita. He says, your, what should come out of your mouth is this. This is your position. God, your kingdom come, your will be done. In earth, in Canada, in Ottawa, in Greeley, in Osgood, Metcalf, Russell, Barhaven, Manatee, Gloucester. God, your will be done in this land now, in this earth, just like it is in heaven. Whose will? God's. Whose will? God's. Whose will? God's. Not your will. Because if your will doesn't line up with God's will, one of y'all wrong. One of us is wrong. Why are, we, why are we going through all this? Because I'm telling you, for what is coming soon, you're going to have to make a decision. Are you going to do it God's way? Because this is going to be the only option you're going to have if, you want to, if you're going to win. If you're going to have the success, you're going to have to learn how to do it God's way. And, and how are you going to, you're going to have to make the decision before it happens. Because once it starts happening, because it's already beginning to happen, but once it really hits, you your mind is going to be so cluttered with all these different voices that you've got to get locked in now. And that's why I'm telling you, I can't, if I could crack your head open and pour all this into you, what is about to happen? You've got to get this. Because if you don't, you're going to struggle. Because the world system is, fought, is failing. So if you don't understand how to make a decision to do it God's way, you're going to fail. Even though you don't have to. It's the same thing that happened with the children of Israel. God provided everything for them. He told them everything. He was, he, his 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 end goal for them, but they would not get in agreement with him. I'm going to ask y'all this question. Is, is the kingdom of God divided? Does anybody believe the kingdom of God is divided? So why is his kingdom people divided? Church is divided. It was so smooth how the adversary did it. People start fighting against the, the root and start fighting a turn against each other. If you don't believe the way I believe, you a heathen, you going to hell. Blah, blah. If you don't vote the way that I vote, psh, get over there. If you don't believe how I believe on this, on the vaccine, psh, get over there. You don't believe how I believe? And then the question comes back to is, by what are you, what is your belief based off of? 
God said, say this. Matthew chapter 12, verse 25 says, And knowing their thoughts, he said to them, Any kingdom that is divided against itself is being brought to desolation and waste. You ask the question, why is the voice of the church not as loud as it should be here in our land? Because the church is divided. When we, went, when we go to talk to MPs and like, hey, why don't you stand up for this? And why don't you stand up for that? And why don't you give a voice for this? And why don't you give a voice for that? They say it clearly. Because when we get ready to stand out there, there's nobody who's willing to back us. The very people said, hey, we want you to back us. Though there's a remnant of people say that they want to back you. But compared to the masses, their voices are silent. They sit in a room, Julie, they sit in their rooms. So-and-so should do this, and so-and-so should do that, and so-and-so should do this. And then when it's time to do something, when it's time to say something on your job, in your community, according to his word. Do y'all keep hearing that? According to his word, people are silent. I know pastors who are silent. Why? <laughs> they don't want to get persecuted. Most time pastors get, are getting persecuted is persecuted by people in their own house. The world just, they don't, they, okay, you just another one talking. But he's saying, if a kingdom is divided, if you are divided, it says it shall, it didn't say it will, it didn't say it might, it says it will be brought to desolation, laid to waste, and no city and no house that is divided against itself will last or continue to stand. That's why when you see people in marriages and they get, and they get a little tight in the collar, and they get, and the adversary gets them to become divided and have two opinions about the same situation. He's talking to her about one thing. He's talking to him about another thing. And neither one of them talking to each other. You know what they're doing? See my little pretty brick wall behind me? Every time you have a situation that you don't deal with, another brick is laid. And you don't deal with it, another brick is laid. Another brick. And before you realize it, you have built a wall in between both of you. And this is what they say, Alan. I just don't love them anymore. No, what they're really saying is, I did not learn how to forgive. So I, I, I just got a brick wall there. A house divided against itself can't stand. A church divided against itself can't stand. And I can see if the church is being divided about stuff that has something to do with the word. It's not. You're fighting each other about who you voted for, who you don't vote. I vote this way, I vote this way, I believe this, I believe that. I took the jab, I didn't take the jab. And God said, what does that have to do with what it is I sent you there to do? Remember, your marching orders is simple. God, your kingdom come, your will be done. Your kingdom operation way of doing things comes so that your will can be done in the earth just like it is in heaven. It has nothing to do with anything else. 
anything else that you put in that place. Oh, if I can get to it. Okay, give me five minutes. God asked me to ask you this question. What to tell you this? It takes two. It only takes two. Matthew chapter 18, verse 18 says this. Truly, I tell you, whatever you forbid or bind and declare it to be improper and unlawful on earth. So what are your, whatever you bind on earth are you are is declared to be un, improper and unlawful on earth. Listen to this next word. Must. So whatever you declare to be unlawful and improper on the earth must already be something that's forbidden in heaven. Did y'all hear that part? Whatever you bind on earth must also be unlawful or un improper in heaven. So if you're operating according to the kingdom of God, the first thing I got to find out before I bind something, I got to find out what does the kingdom of God have to say about this? Is, is it written about whatever I'm about to bind? What am, what am I standing on? Because if you try to bind it, with, if, it do, if it has nothing to do with what's going on in heaven, it will not work. So whatever whatever you dis, whatever you bind or forbid or declare to be improper or and unlawful on earth must be what is already forbidden in heaven. And whatever you loose or permit and declare proper and lawful on earth must be what is already permitted in heaven. So you can't just make up stuff because God is only obligated to respond to his he hastens to his word to perform it. He hastens to his word. I'm telling you all this so because I know people frustrated. And he says, I'm trying to help them because they're frustrated and they're frustrated themselves because they're trying to get me to do something in the earth that's not has nothing to do with heaven. So before you go binding and loosing, look up the scripture for yourself. What does the word of God have to say about this? Because unless you do, you're not operating in Bible faith. What does God's word say about this? Man, I'm mad at my wife right now. What does God's word say about this? What God has joined together, let no man put asunder. What's going on, Father? Both of y'all were envying stripers. There's confusion and every evil work. So what do I, I bind that spirit of confusion. I bind that spirit of strife. I speak to, the, I say, Father, that I bind that situation now in the name of Jesus. There will be no confusion in my house because there, I give no place to envy. I give no place to strife. And as a result, Satan, you have no place in my house. Did y'all just see what I just did? I bind the situation according to his word. And you can't just get any key and try to plug it into a door and say, yep, that's what I'm standing on. If it doesn't line up with what's already done in heaven. 
Somebody's messing with your money. Father, your word says that you supplied all my need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Oh, I see it. Ah, there's a, there's a thief who's trying to come steal, kill, and destroy Satan and find out who it is. Not the person. Because the person is a pawn. Spirit of poverty. You will cease in your maneuvers and desist in your operations against my household. I bind you and command you to cease. Why? Because poverty doesn't exist in heaven. Lack doesn't exist in heaven. Not enough doesn't exist in heaven. Oh, and Father, I loose my ministering angels to go forth because the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Ministering angels, I call you to go forth now and retrieve my daily supply because my God has already said, give us this day our daily bread. So, Father, I believe I receive my daily bread now according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Do y'all see how this works? You can't just say anything and expect God to do something about it. And he doesn't want you to just parrot what somebody else said. That's why you got to have a prayer life. Because what he might have told me about my situation may not be the same thing he told you about your situation. Are y'all listening? You can't just say anything and expect God to get a result. It won't happen. You'll be frustrated. Remember, God's will be done in earth in this situation. And what happens when you get to the next situation? You got to ask them, Father, because remember, you're operating according to the kingdom of God. Father, your will be done. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in this situation. What do I say to this situation today? Okay, well, the next day comes. Father, what do I say concerning this other situation tomorrow? So you have to have a prayer life. Jesus only said what the Father said to say. He only did what the Father told him to do. When did he find out what the Father wanted him to do? When he was in prayer. Because he goes on to say, and I tell you, if two of you on earth agree, harmonize together, make a symphony together about whatever, anything and everything that they ask according to his word. According to his word. According to his word. That's the implied thing because that's what he was talking about in the beginning. It has to be something that is already lawful in heaven for you to ask him to do it in the earth. That's how the kingdom works. And God is specific. He doesn't just, just paint everybody with a brush. He says, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. For wherever two or three are gathered, drawn together as my followers. See, are y'all hearing all the qualifiers? Uh, you got to be a follower. You got to be asking according to his word. You, it already has to be something that is, is allowed in heaven. It, it's already lawful in heaven before you can get it to become lawful in the earth. 
are y'all listening to the qualifiers? Because so many people use binding and loosening, and he says they're using it the wrong way, and that's why you see no results. And then he says, but then he says, I already told you, once you say it, don't be a kingdom or a house divided against yourself by saying, I prayed in faith, and then you walk out of your prayer closet and talk against everything you just said you divided and loosed and decreed, and you talk against it, and you wonder why nothing is changing. I love y'all. I love the body of Christ. I love people. And we're not going to be like the church of Hosea chapter 4. We're not going to be that church, the, the body members of the body of Christ like that in, in our city, in our province, and in this nation. Because they were being destroyed because they refused to receive what it is the Father said. And this is where we stop. This is the word of the Lord. And he said this. He says, you can't paint everyone with the same brush. Not every liberal is bad, just like every conservative is good. Everyone who takes the vaccine isn't lacking faith. And everyone who hasn't taken the vaccine is operating in faith. Not every black person is a thug, just like every white person isn't an upright citizen. When you paint people into different categories, you become just like the world does and creating division. You can't be effective in helping people if you don't even like the people I sent you to help, sent to you to help. You can't minister to people you don't even love. And if you're not loving the people I sent to you, how can I use you to be my representatives? He goes on to say, you are my ambassadors in the earth. And I make my expression in the earth through you. An ambassador represents the government that sent them. And you've been sent to represent the kingdom of God. And nothing else exceeds that mandate. When you represent, listen to this, when you represent anything or anyone else other than the kingdom, you're operating in idolatry, which is the worship of anything else other than God. And that violates my word and way of doing things. Now, you ask what the definition of idolatry is? According to Webster's 1828, it says the worship of idols, images, or anything made by hand or which is not God. God said in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he says, do you not know that your body is the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives within you, whom you have received as a gift from God? You are not your own. You've been bought with a price, purchased with a preciousness and paid for, made with made his own so then honor God and glorify him in your body he says in Revelation chapter 1 he says and Jesus and from Jesus Christ 
the faithful and trustworthy witness, the firstborn of the dead, first to be brought back to life, and the prince ruler of the kings of the earth. To him, whoever loves us and has once for all loosed and freed us from our sins by his own blood. And he formed us, who? The kings of the earth. Into a kingdom, a royal race. Priest to his God and Father. So you are not only a, Jesus is the ruler or the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. So when you receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you became part of a royal race, a royal kingdom, and you are a king, and you are a priest. To him be the glory and power and the majesty and the dominion throughout the ages forever and ever. So you're not just some old regular Joe or some old sassy Sally. You are a kingdom of God, king and priest. What do kings do? Kings are given a territory. And what do they do? They make decrees and they, and they declare and whatever it is that they say according to the kingdom. Remember, you represent the kingdom. You don't represent Canada. You don't represent any political party. You don't even represent your own family. You represent the kingdom. And to represent anything else other than that, you are in idolatry. I didn't say it. He said it. I'm just telling you what he said to say. That's the same thing that happened in Hosea chapter 4. They began to represent, they began to mingle and become just like the people who were around them. So you are a priest and a king. What does a priest do? A priest ministers to people. God gets his expression in the earth through us the body of Christ people here in this in this community in the brown city they're looking for earnestly waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God those not just people who are born again but people who have the character and nature of God which first starts with love if you don't have love they ain't trying to hear you not the world kind of love. I mean that the real, genuine, unconditional love. Love the food right off of them. And when you speak, you speak the word only. You don't have to go thee, the, thou. But the principles. Only. And when you bind, you bind what's already lawful. And are un unlawful, are improper, are not lawful in heaven. And you lose what is already lawful in heaven because God is not obligated to bring it to earth because that's not how his kingdom operates. So you can walk away today or you can click off or you can cut off the podcast or whatever you're going to do and act like you didn't hear anything. And you can do it. But you will never have an excuse to why it didn't work for you and you will just remain frustrated 
and he'll raise up a different group who will do it his way. In fact, he's already done it because people refuse to do it his way. And for what's coming, you're going to have to know this because you're going to be the very ones he's going to use to go tell them. But you can't tell somebody something you're not doing yourself, that you don't believe yourself. It's going to happen a lot sooner than what you think. Some people live so far in the past in the Old Testament that they can't see the present. And then you have some people who are so, so far stuck in what's going to happen in the future, they are not vital to be used in the present. God needs you to show up for today. Again, I love everybody. I do. Love tells the truth, even to its own hurt. But if this is what he told us to tell him, tell the, our group, tell the entire body of Christ, we tell him, guess what? We said the same thing to the pastors and leaders who are in our group. We say the same thing to the pastors and leaders who are on the call on Thursday throughout other pastors around Ottawa. We say the same thing. We say the same thing. Because God is not schizophrenic. Don't tell me what prophet so-and-so said. Prophet so-and-so said. Evangelist so-and-so said. Because I'm going to ask you, I heard what you said. He, the guy said to him, but what did God say to you? And remember, you can be a victim of confirmation bias. And they're saying what it is that you already believe or what you already hold fast to. What did God say to you? That's what I'm going to ask you. When you come talk, what did God say to you? I'm doing such and such. Praise God. Give me a scripture. What did God give you to stand on for that position that you're taking? Well, it just makes sense. I don't want to don't reason because that's what the world does. The world reasons. What did God say to you? What word did he give you personally? Amen. Well, glory to God. We're gonna offer, we're gonna take a we're gonna step out on that right now in the name of Jesus. Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10 says this. The word of God is near you, in your heart and in your mouth. That's the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, which is something that's already established in heaven, therefore it is established in the earth. Remember, we sung this morning. He is the God over heaven and earth. If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You shall be healed. You shall be delivered. You shall be made whole. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made. With the mouth confession is made to salvation to healing, to deliverance. Why? Because it's something we already know that is established in heaven. Therefore, we have a right to believe it in the earth. So, if you never accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, or you have, but you know you haven't been really living the life, man, we want to get back in right relationship. Man, we, we want to reach people who are far from God. I mean, so far, I mean, they can't get no further. We want to reach people who, who, who are closer to God. We want to reach those people who knew God at one time and then they turned their back for whatever reason. 
we, we reach them all. But the only thing that, 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 that sets them free is the word of God. So let's, 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 oper- let's step out on what it is we say we believe. We, if you believe that Jesus, God raised him from the dead, if you believe that he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, if you believe he died on the cross for your sins, repeat this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. Lord Jesus Come into my heart and save me now. Father, I receive your all for forgiveness. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your love. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus just for me. I receive it right now. I'm healed, delivered, made whole. Set free. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you pray that prayer for the very first time, we want to welcome you, welcome you, welcome you into the body of Christ. Welcome you back into right position in the name of Jesus. See how simple it is when you hear the word, you believe it, and then you act out on the word. Now, because of that, what we want to, what do you do next? Now that I've done all that, what do I do next? You got to get in the Bible-based church. We'll teach you about the death burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We believe Ignite Depot is, is that place. If you're in our local area in Canada or in uh, Metcalf or Greeley or Osgood or Russell or Manitick or Barhaven or wherever you're from, we, we believe that'll be a place for you. Hey, we're here every Sunday morning at 9.30 Eastern time. And if you're too far away, you can meet us online. We're here every Sunday morning. And hey, if you, if you've, if you watch this and you wanna learn some more about us, man, go back and watch those other videos. I guarantee you will be a blessing to your life. But most important, you want to get into a Bible-based church to teach you about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ and how to operate according to the kingdom. On behalf of Minister Juin and myself and all the members here at Ignite, we want to thank you for joining us. We want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving if you're here in Canada. And we'll see you next time. God bless you.